It's the odd, odd, odd to Newfoundland. Ghostly greetings from your host, Jonathan. Mysteries, ghosts, monsters, and lore. East Coast esoterica and so much more. If it's up to you, friend, it's on the up to you, found line. Cozy greetings from the oldest city in North America. I'm your host, John Mallard, bringing you the best in East Coast esoterica. You, my friends, have stole upon the Other Newfoundland Paranormal podcast. Welcome to episode 250 of your monthly paranormal variety show. And having you here is better than taking a month off from the paranormal game. Oh, it was such a nice rest. So what did I do? I decided that I want to have a fourth kid. What the hell was I thinking? Me and my wife decided to take yet another foster child, a little baby of six months. And he is just the sweetest thing. But unfortunately, there's been a few hospitalizations. <laughs> you know, I probably could have said I needed to take another break this month, but I absolutely refused to do it. Why? Because you're wonderful, a masterpiece, beautifully made, important to people because you're important to me, highly favored by your creator with the law of averages and physics working in tandem. You, my friend, are an oddball. And on this show, we're family and we are one. I am pumped. Super pumped. It's April. It's April. Which means in like 12 days, I'm going to be on a cruise. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to the United States. I'm going to Florida. I'm going to go look for skunk ape. Well, not really. To be honest with you, I'm going to wrestling school. And I'm also going to go on a nice cruise and I'm going to relax and just enjoy myself because we are having the three vacations that we never got to have because of the pandemic. <laughs> And I'm sure I'm going to have all kinds of weird paranormal weirdness going on. I'm going to be on a cruise ship. I'm sure there's going to be people there. And I'm sure I'm going to run into people who love the paranormal as much as me and you. Guys, I hope you've been well. Understand that I took some time off. Just life was a bit of a blur. I needed to take some time away just to kind of reevaluate stuff. I had some guests cancel. Yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to bore you with the reasons why I need to take a break. But the reality of it is, guys, this show has been on since 2014. It's almost 10 years old, and I've never missed a month, um, really, until I got sick the year before last. So it's to me, it's almost like, you know what? Maybe I've earned the right to take a few months away and then come back. And uh, I just you guys know I love my show. You know, I love you, the listeners. I, I love hearing from you guys. By the way, if you got a question or, or a story you want to share, J-O-N-C-M-A-L-L-A-R-D, that's John C. Mallard at Hotmail.ca, or sorry, Hotmail.com, not C-A, I won't get it. <laughs> Send your questions or emails or anything you want to there. I love reading ghost stories out as well. Haven't done that in a while, um, but once again, you guys haven't really had a chance to. Don't forget to sign up for you know our wonderful email list and all that good stuff down in the show notes. Uh so, yeah, I've been really, really busy. You can imagine, like, four kids, a wife is working full-time. Like, I am just full-on dad mode. Full-on dad mode. But the fruits of the labor are coming real soon. The fruits of the labor are coming real soon. Do you got something in your life that you feel that way about? Like, something you put a lot of effort into for a very, very long time, but, like, it never really came to fruition or you're still waiting. It's like you're the farmer on the field and you're you're after watering this seed you planted. You're, you're making the soil more fertile. You're keeping the pests away. You're doing everything you can. And and like just you haven't seen the sprout yet. I got a feeling that for me and maybe some of my listeners out there right now, I'm not saying I'm psychic, but I got this feeling like maybe we're finally going to get a sprout soon, man, of hope. Some of the good's coming. I got this feeling and... I can see it. I I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited to be here healthy, well-rested. My God, I, I took a stint in hospital, not for me, for that little baby I took. And uh, just it really reevaluated, uh, maybe reevaluate my life, what I'm doing with my time and, and how I want to use it. And how I want to use it is 
how I used to use it. I love my segmented show. I loved having the paranormal news and, and you know, the, the cryptic corner and, you know, just different features every month. And, and, and of course, our guest. And, and we're going to go back to that, that format this month, you know, with the paranormal news and then our guest. And here's a really cool thing. Podbean just introduced freaking segments. So now they've taken my idea and they ran with it basically. But now they're actually having a thing you can click the button and, and just skip. Like say you want to just listen to the news and you didn't want to listen to the guests, you can just go right to the news. How cool is that, man? Like technology. Ain't technology grand? <laughs> ah, jeez. April. Spring has sprung. April Fool's Day. Man, I hope no one gets too many jokes played on them. And I hope you're not an April Fool and forget to subscribe to this show. Anyway, I hope you're well. I hope everything's going okay in your world. Uh, I've I, I just been thrown for a whirl, really, for the last couple of weeks. But I'm so happy I managed to get two guests recorded. So there's going to be a show uh, today, obviously. The show came out on the first April. There's also going to be one on May 1st, even though I'm not going to be in – really, I'm not going to be in the country. I'm going to be in the States. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm actually going to pre-record that and put that out there for you guys too. So, so there you go. I'm not going to forget you and uh, we're going to keep this going. Anyhow, I'm dying, absolutely dying to do a paranormal news. Like I haven't done one in so long. I feel all dirty and icky. <laughs> and maybe it's because I just really miss turning the pages of the old weekly world news back when I was a kid. And reading the crazy stories. Well, maybe I got a few crazy stories for you guys right now. <laughs> Somewhere between the funnies <laughs> and, and the obituaries is... Oh, oh yes. The paranormal news. <laughs> the safety of Canadians is our number one priority. And that's why I made the decision to shoot down the object. An American fighter jet acting on the orders of Justin Trudeau, moving in for the kill Saturday afternoon on a mysterious flying object over Canada's northwest. The aerial intruder was first picked up on radar late Friday night. The endgame began as daylight emerged. Its destruction came over Yukon, where Canadian forces, with the help of the RCMP and the FBI, are working to recover the wreckage. There's still uh, much to know about it. That's why the analysis of uh, this object is going to be very important. Um, but you can know that this is something that uh, NORAD and Canada and the United States are taking extremely seriously. The unusual object was the third to be blasted out of North America's skies in a week. With President Joe Biden ordering the takedown of another near Alaska on Friday. There's the moon. Okay. And then there's that. The first craft downed off the Carolina coast last weekend they shot it. was identified as a Chinese spy balloon. Much remains unknown about the most recent incursions. I will not be speculating on the origins of this object this evening. It is far too early in our analysis of the debris. The defense minister says it was cylindrical in shape. The top U.S. senator provided a bit more detail on Sunday. Do were these believe what Friday Saturday night? They believe they were, yes, uh, but much smaller than the, uh, than the one, the first one. And the saga continues. Later on Sunday afternoon, a fourth flying object was shot down, this time over Lake Huron near the Canadian border. Now, while the object was in U.S. airspace at the time, Canada closed its nearby skies as a precaution. Ah, 99 balloons, shoot them down because you're Trudeau and 99 motherfucking balloons. Man, what the actual f I leave... For two months. <laughs> and Justin Trudeau shoots down a UFO. And so did Biden. And they're all Chinese. And what the hell? Like, this is what I get for not doing my job, man. I wasn't here to report on this stuff. And they started sending the balloons out. Makes you think about that movie Up from Disney. Yeah. When we play the music, make you all depressed? Probably not. I won't. And, you know... It also makes me think about when I was a kid and I was just coming out of a party and I was having so much fun. And then all of a sudden I 
let go of my balloons I got from the party and into the atmosphere they go. And, you know, you never know what happened to those balloons. Did they just keep going? Did they eventually end up in the madness that is space and forever float away? Or did they not make it past the lithosphere and, you know, get popped into a million little balloon particles? Or did they do what I'm pretty sure they did? Popped, fell in the ocean, and killed a turtle. See, now I killed turtles. Great. What a wonderful way to start the paranormal news. I've been gone for that long, and this is what's after happening. Justin Trudeau shoots down a balloon because he thinks it's a UFO, folks. They're not going to shoot down anything they don't think is not a UFO. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it could be an international incident. They're not going to shoot down a balloon unless they know for sure that it's not of this world. And lo and behold, when they shot it down, they found out it was actually a balloon from China. But it just goes to show you that, you know, this whole thing we got in our head where it's Independence Day and this great big UFO lands on the White House lawn and everyone says, no, 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 no. It's really like Independence Day. It, it's it's going to blow this shit up because we're going to try to blow them up first. <laughs> and of all... You know, of all people to shoot it down, the softest, most liberal person ever. Like, this guy is, I don't know, <laughs> he's like, Trudeau is like a total wuss, Trudet, in, in the way he carries himself for the most part. And and to see this, this military strike right away, it's like, whoa. But begs the question, though, and we all got to kind of agree, NORAD, I mean... This is just not for tracking Santa Claus anymore, folks. It's still on the go. Obviously, they're worried about war, right? But wait, why the heck would they worry about the northernmost part of Canada, the Yukon, all these places? Well, if Russia's going to invade, that's where they're going to go, right? But these are Chinese balloons, and they're supposedly spy balloons. Well, what do you think they're spying? I'm going to tell you what they're spying. They want to go to Yukon, okay, and they want to find... Just some form of Sasquatch. Some kind of Yeti that might live there. Some distant Yeti relative. This is what I'm thinking. Or maybe, just maybe, Trudeau thought it was a UFO and shot some bitch down. That's what I think really happened. Imagine I'm an alien. It's easy if you do. Pretty sure Yoko Ono was actually an alien. But anyway, that's beside the point. Have you heard about John Lennon? And how he shares his sober, quote-unquote, story of when extraterrestrials handed him a golden egg. Okay, this is just crazy. In an interview, Lennon shares his intimate visit with ETs, in which he says bug-faced aliens handed him a golden egg, which he believes could be a ticket to another planet. It's easy if you try. The interview with Yuri Geller took place in 1974 and started with Lennon sharing his belief in the existence of life on other planets and that he thought they were visiting us and could even be observing them in the moment the interview was taking place. You believe in this stuff, right? He asked. Well, you ain't gonna believe this. About six months ago, I was asleep in my bed with Yoko at home in the Dakota building and suddenly I wasn't asleep because there was this blazing light around the door. It was shining through the cracks of the keyhole like someone was out there with searchlights or the apartment was on fire. That was what I thought. Intruders or fire leapt out of the bed and Yoko wasn't at all there. She was lying there like a stone and I pulled open the door. There were these four people out there. Fans, asked Geller. Well, they didn't want my f***ing autograph. <laughs> they were the little bug-like bug eyes and little bug mouths and they were scudding at me like roaches. He broke off and stared at me. I've told this to two other people, right? One was Yoko and she believes me. She says she doesn't understand it, but she knows. I wouldn't lie to her. I told one other person and she didn't believe me. She laughed it off and then she said I must have been high. Well, I've been high. I mean, right out of it. A lot of times. <laughs> I love when Lennon just drops that truth. And I never saw anything on acid that was weird as those bugs, man. So there you go. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a kind of a departure from the usual, you know, alien story of, hey, little green men or little gray men. These guys were bugs outside my door there was bugs outside my door while yoko slept silently next to me slowly feeding me my drugs to kill me okay 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 what else do we got what else do we got oh 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 more of you more more ufo stuff you want more i know i'm all pent up all pent up full of ufo stuff a bizarre video from a village in bolivia 
purportedly shows an alien body that was allegedly found following a UFO sighting. The very weird case reportedly began earlier this month in the remote community of Hirana, where residents first spotted a mysterious green light in the sky. Following the peculiar green light sighting in the sky, they claimed that diminutive humanoids, which some likened to goblins, were seen scrambling through the streets of the village. They were miniature beings, one witness recalled, like those little people who appeared to children. A few days later, the odd incident became even stranger when what appeared to be a body of a small figure was found in a gutter and, as of one resident marveled of, the closer we got, we saw, the more we knew for sure it was extraterrestrial. Fortunately for those who found the fantastic tale hard to fathom, some people on the scene managed to actually capture photos and footage of the curious remains, which you guys can find online. It seems to resemble a miniature version of the iconic gray alien, complete with oversized eyes. Images of the anomalous figure were subsequently sent to Bolivian ufologist Juan Carlos Aleaga, who noted that they appeared to show this being curled up, but with little bones. Although he has pledged to investigate the case, the UFO researcher lamented that it will be something of a challenge, as the peculiar remains mysteriously disappeared shortly after being discovered. Maybe it was the men in black. They won't let you remember. Oh, come on. How about a little bit of wee news from our old pal Nessie? It's been a while since we heard from them. I wonder, is it possible? Shall we take a jaunt down by the lock and maybe listen to, well, a little report about a recent sighting. A Loch Ness monster hunter believes he spotted the mythical creature on camera when it, quote-unquote, popped up right in front of his eyes. But is the sighting enough to convince you? Nessie isn't exactly known for being the most photo-friendly creature, but Owain O'Fadigan from Ireland is confident the monster made an appearance at Shortland Lodges near Fort Augustus on the Loch's southern shore. He spotted the intriguing object, which he believes is more than 20 feet long, while monitoring the webcam set up the site during a quote-unquote clear evening. He recalled the calm conditions and clear evening colors of the surrounding landscape were picturesque. The only thing missing was the Loch Ness Monster, and up she popped. <laughs> As he watched the camera, it panned and came to a stop to show something gliding just under the surface of the water. The line of movement resembled a bird coming in to land on the water or a boat cutting through the surface, only there was no bird or boat to speak of. The length of the visible wake is in excess of 20 feet, and the creature responsible must be very large underneath those waves. <laughs> so, Nessie is still making the news after all these years. There's something just heartwarming about it, you know? I just really hope that if Nessie is under there, you know, she, she's taking it easy. I hope she's not alone, and I hope she's got buddies in there. Because, you know, life is really, really lonely sometimes. My hope is that Nessie's got, like, a whole family down there, and we just caught Nessie on the way to go play Nessie Bingo. I-28, I-28, do you have I-28? Zad-22, do you have Zad-22? Do you have Zad-22? I-55, do you have I- <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> Can you tell I missed doing the news with you guys? Can you tell? I totally missed it. I totally missed it. And I don't feel like I had enough of escape and of madness and weirdness. So... I'm really, really happy to say that all these stories have been odd to Newfoundland. Attention all Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio listeners. The Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast brings you the best in East Coast esoterica on the first of every month. Together, we can keep it growing by sharing the show on social media, subscribing to the show wherever you may be listening to it from, and by leaving feedback about your favorite episodes. John certainly needs a friend like you to help make his dreams come true. Minus the alien abduction dreams. That is not cool at all. The Odd to New Finland Paranormal Podcast. Always available. Always free. Always odd. C is for your claws so sharp to me. R is for reports we seldom see. Why do we ignore creatures of myth and lore? P is even more puzzling monsters we adore. T is for tales passed through the years. I 
this for I conserve all I fears D is for discovery of strange creatures in every country It's the cryptic corner on the hearts of Newfoundland Aquatic, how much fun, hey! And tonight's special cryptid corner guest is none other than Ninjin. A Ninjin is a cryptid that's located in the oceans of the Antarctica and Southern Asia. It has several appearances and is at least 20 to 30 meters long. It has many appearances and has pale white skin. It has multiple appearances, including above water and underwater appearances. So the reason why this keeps saying appearances over and over again is because it's actually pretty sure it's kind of, you know, translated from Japanese. I'll do my best. The Ninjin has been described as being a humongous, blubbery whale-like creature, much like tonight's host of this show, whose smooth, pale form vaguely resembles the head, torso, and appendage of a human being, also resembling the host of this said show. That having been noted, there are some eyewitnesses who have testified that it has a mermaid-like tail rather than two hind legs, and others who insist that there are what resembles hands complete with five fingers at the ends of its tendril-like arms. Such a lovely thing to go visit. These beasts have supposedly been seen in the Pacific, Antarctic, and Atlantic oceans, and are always described as being extraordinarily large, with a whitish complexion, much like tonight's host of the show. Many observers have also reported that these animals shave no distinct facial features, save for two huge eyes and a mouth-like slit. According to most accounts, these creatures are primarily nocturnal and tend to thrive in frigid Arctic waters. Initial reports of these marine mammals were said to have emanated from the tall end of the 20th century, which is strange considering how many centuries mariners have been traversing the world seas with nary a mention of these bizarre and purportedly gigantic beasts. But before we try and figure out what these things actually are, let's just keep in mind these things live in the Arctic. It's really cold and I am not going there right now, but you can if you want. Or, you know, you can just play this over again because you're loved here. And where's here too? Well, here's the cryptic corner. And I'm your white, white slip, blubbery host with long tendril arms. And I'm going to wish you a very happy April. Don't you dare go away, folks. We still got tonight's guest. The views and opinions discussed on this show are of the guests and host. They do not reflect the views or opinions of associated sponsors or affiliates. Sudden alteration in belief systems, moodiness, and confusion are natural side effects of listening to this podcast. Enjoy at your own risk. Hey, folks. Welcome back to the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast. If you like UFOs, Nostradamus, and how they coincide... Tonight, you're going to love our guest, but if you hate, and I mean hate bad audio, you're going to love our sponsor, Accusanus. That's right, Accusanus are back in full swing here, helping the Odd the Land Paranormal Podcast, making me sound so much smarter than I actually am. With a mere turn of a knob, they make magic happen, man. This is software you put right in your computer. The folks at Accusanus know I'm part monkey. They know that I have a really hard time with Audacity. But now they made it easy, and I'm going to make everyone sound absolutely silky smooth right across the Great White North tonight. How do I do it? It's simple. Simple. Accusana software goes right on your computer. That's right. And they have so many cool just, just tools you can use. One of my favorite is the voice leveler. Tonight, I got a big, booming booming, dooming voice, and it's very, very loud because I'm excited about tonight's guest. And maybe my guy, you know, maybe my guest might be a little farther away from the mic. We don't know how loud he's going to be. So in post-production, that means I'm going to have to work my butt off to make him and me level out. <laughs> but not with Accusanus helping me out. Not at all. With a mere turn of a knob, it does the work for me. That's right. So I can get back to more important things like, oh, I don't know, waxing my toes. Guys, check out Accusanus. Scroll down in the show notes and give him a try. They're worth every single penny. Tonight's guest is a best-selling author. His book, Terror Strikes, is, well, has been really well-received, especially on Amazon, too. He's a best-selling author all around. Also, he's also the author of How to Write a Book and Get It Published, Hints, Tips, and Techniques. God, I wish I had him in my corner back when I tried to publish mine. Right? 
<laughs> Look, all I'm going to say to you guys 100% is you're going to love tonight's guest. Now, let's get moving. Joseph, Leonard, how are you tonight? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's Joseph M. Leonard. I have to use the middle initial because there's a Joseph Leonard or Joseph Leonard, I'm not sure how he pronounces it, out of South Carolina also that's an author. So I have to make sure everybody understands Joseph M. Leonard. No O in it. It looks like Leonard, but it's not French. It's Leonard without an O. And, of course, I have to, I can't pass the bad pun opportunity and give you a hard time about your last name. There's, we got to do a duck joke somehow. <laughs> well, you see, there's another podcaster, my beloved old friend of mine by the name of Jim Mallard, and he hosts the Odd... Oh, I'm sorry, that's me. I'm John Mallard. I host the Odd to New Flat Barrel podcast, but Jim hosts the Mallard Report. He's been around forever, an old dear friend of mine. So go ahead, make fun of the last name. I've heard it a hundred <laughs> times. Go ahead. Of course you have. Yep, of course. I know. Hey, that's all I needed to do was mention it, and uh, everybody understands the joke. <laughs> I know. And and it just goes back to the fact, too, that, you know, now his Mallard, the way Malliard is spelled, he's got the French type of Mallard name. He got the I in there, M-A-L-L-A-I-A-R-D. So I always say he's got the I in there because he's part of the Illuminati. He's got the all-seeing eye. <laughs> but anyway, God bless Jim. He's still he's still at it. He's still at it. God love him. He's still at it. And I've been on the show a couple times, actually. So I'm super happy there's a connection there with us, Joe. Anyway, man, thanks so much for coming on. There's so much to talk about. But you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the ball in your court right away. Because I, I feel like we want to talk about, believe it or not, your second book you published first. I want you to get the okay. how to write a book and get it published. Let's promote this because, you know, like personally, I wish I had this book <laughs> like back when I published mine because, dude, it is hard to publish a book. It's hard enough to write one, but you really got to be a ninja online, especially this day and age, to make everything look good and flow right. And yeah, tell us a little tiny bit about that book and the inspiration for writing it. Yeah, well, uh, first off, thank you for having me on. I I really appreciate the opportunity to have some fun shows like this. And when I say fun, I don't mean as in ha-ha funny. I don't take this stuff seriously. It's not what I'm saying here. But, you know, your show is obviously a great chance away from the NPR style. Welcome to the book show. Tell us about your book. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, yeah, how to write a book and get it published, hints, tips, and techniques. I was on a bunch of shows talking about your starts coming soon to a city near you, and invariably a, a host would say, would you come back and talk about just the writing and publishing aspect of the process? And I said, sure. And uh, after, you know, a dozen of those, I said, that should be my next book. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because people are asking, you know, I have a couple of irons in the fire, of course, but I, I took, and one of the hints in the book is, if you're a podcaster like you are, you've got a ready-made book. You can take 10 of your favorite shows, have them transcribed, and those are ready-made chapters, because then you can just use the show, and then after that, discuss what was missed in the show or what has changed since the show kind of thing. And the other thing is I like to say in the audience, if there's anybody, most people aren't interested in writing and publishing. Well, how to write a book and get it published, hints, tips, and techniques is also for you. Think of it as a tell-all without the name dropping. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a behind the scenes. What does it your you know what does a writer take these days to get a new book into your hands if you're an avid reader? That's a perspective nobody else that I'm aware of has ever provided to you as a reader before. And how to write a book and get it published, his sense of techniques provides that 
that uh, uh, the author of The Last Terrors, Ed Temple, says about the book, it's written more like a novel than a self-help guide, and that's on purpose. Because again, it's, it's meant for writers and non-writers alike. One of the things I love too is is having like we use the joke the Coles notes of stuff like you're gonna take two or three years worth of research and field research yourself on how to get a book out there and you're pretty much just gonna put it right in someone's lap who has an idea so gang I'm gonna put how to write a book and get it published the link to buy that book down in our show notes tonight I know it has nothing to do with what we're gonna talk about tonight but I wanted to get it out of the way because I didn't want to forget about it for Joe <laughs> I think this book is just awesome. Okay. Um, um, well, and you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to buy this book and I think I'm going to republish my old book and do it right this time. I was a best selling author too, but no, I'm, I haven't made enough money off it. Let's make even more. <laughs> and also, and also there's so much more technology now from when I wrote my book only 10 years ago, there's text to speech now on your computer. You can literally say all your ideas and then just make them pretty later, basically. <laughs> Do a exactly. bit of editing, right? That is a hint in how to write a book and get it published. <laughs> well, there you go. Great I, guess on my part. I, I, <laughs> I, I can't give them all away, of course. Of but, course not. You know, obviously take a notepad with you because inspiration can come anywhere. But you don't really need a notepad if you have a smartphone. Joe, right? I'll leave the, I'll leave it with this joke. You are, you pull out your smartphone, open your email app, and Teach yourself an email with the idea you've got at the time and send it to yourself. That way it's in your sent folder and in your inbox. And then, yeah, you cut and paste it and clean it up. Wow. See, there you go. You already got one tip. Imagine if you had the master's book. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> anyway, let's and Also, also before we go uh, too much further... Uh, there are some free hints, tips, and techniques before you even buy the book. There's a supplement article I put online. You can go to tinyurl.com slash write and publish supplement. tinyurl.com slash write and publish supplement. It provides some supplemental information that isn't in the book and or a free tease for you to understand some of the things that you'll see in the book to try to prompt you to buy it. And, and I, I, you know, I welcome you all to order a direct copy from me. But since you're up in Canada, uh, shipping between the U.S. and Canada is pathetic these days. <laughs> uh, you know, you used to be able to ship back and forth across our border uh, very cheaply. But now I know sending a book over there is like 22 bucks. It costs more than the book. So, yeah. <laughs> it's true. I, I would recommend everybody in Canada go to Amazon.ca because, um, you know, Jeff Bezos has got enough money. I hate saying <laughs> But, you know, that is where 80% plus of all books are sold these days. But yeah, if you've got a brick-and-mortar store uh, close to you, Please visit them. Have them order it for you. Absolutely. Guys, Joseph M. Leonard without the O. Really want you to get that book. And, and once again, it'll be linked down below. Now, we've had our appetizer. Let's get into the main course, my friend. The passion that's coming out of this guy's face right now. I got him on video here on a Zoom call. And I'm telling you right now, you can see the smile across his face because I don't think he's gotten a chance, a rightful chance to talk a whole lot about the paranormal side of Terror Strikes, which is the book he wrote. And, uh, you know, when I say paranormal, I mean not normal, but not in that sense sometimes. Sometimes it's about the world and the world of the esoteric, shall we say, that, that kind of lies beyond what we know what's really going on. You know, there are so many things we're going to cover tonight. And I really, really feel like you kind of helped me a little bit with your email. You kind of mentioned UFOs, UAPs, and Nostradamus, and oh man, all those things I love to talk about. So let's just let's just dive right in with Terror Strikes, and and really the paranormal slant on that book. Yeah, the the only real and, and uh, again, uh, thanks for having me to be able to talk to 
talk about the other things. I've, I've been on with Phyllis McKenzie, her Wicked Campfire show. We're doing a whole series on UFOs and presences and, and orbs and, and things like that. I've been on with Paranormal Phil. I was on the Northern Ireland UFO Society show. So I, I really like having, you know, opportunities to be on shows. But the only direct paranormal, if you want to call it that, in terror strikes coming soon to see to you. Uh, there's no ghosts. There's no orbs. There's no UFOs, obviously. But, uh, yeah, Nostradamus. The 9-11 chapter, I opened with Quatrain 187 from his Le Prophetive. Earth-shaking fire from the center of the earth will cause tremors around the new city. Two great rocks will war for a long time. Then Arethusa will redden a new river. And to me, it was important to open that because in my mind, you know, he, he was a great seer. And, he, you know, it's just amazing all the things uh in hindsight that we've been able to put together that he clearly, all the World War II prophecies were amazing. The Nazis used it as propaganda at the beginning of the war, and then we used it to drop on Germany in forms of pamphlets as the war progressed to show that Nostradamus said they'd be pounded into the dirt as they ultimately were. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, like, they were like, Nostradamus was literally one letter off from Hitler's name, by the way. He called him Hister, yeah, if I remember correctly. And, yeah. uh, you know, like that it to me is pretty, pretty wild. Like we're talking something that's written, well, really, what? Uh, what, what year was Nostradamus count, around? I can't count, even remember. Yeah, countless centuries before yeah. uh, these events happened. And Hister may have been on purpose. It may have been a reference to the river and uh, the, as to the master of Germany. So it, it may not have even been a mistake because, again, he, he always wrote in riddles and in, in rhymes and uh, double meanings and uh, like in Terror Strikes Coming Soon to City Near You, I... I try to use a lot of words with double meaning because uh, it's not a shoot 'em up blood and guts kind of thing. It's an intellectual pursuit kind of book. And as a matter of fact, uh, before we go too much further along those regards, uh, yes, it, it, it is indeed about terrorism. However, it's not a book about death. It's a book about life and living. I like to say, you know, life over death, hope over despair, uh, or faith over despair, hope over fear, love over hate, good over evil, and family and friends. And again, it's not meant to be, you know, a blood and guts shoot them up. It's not a Tom Clancy, uh, 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 oh, Jack Ryan is the name novel. And on my website, terrorstrikes.info, there's a disclaimer at the bottom I like to read. Fair warning. While some historical aspects, I call it faction because it's historical fiction, part fact, part fiction. Historical aspects are mixed within. This is a fictional story with fictional characters. Many deem this book controversial and upsetting in many places, which it is meant to be. It is meant to make people think, to challenge their own and others' intentions, Motives, own morality, and mortality. I think one of the most, uh, like, just just to go back on Nostradamus, I hate to go back to him, but, like, I, I know me and you can kind of meet our heads on this one. There's just so many things that he nailed in that quatrain. And, like, when I studied that quatrain years ago and looked it over, like, I think the thing that really struck me and, and really proved that this guy is a seer is the fact that he invented language that didn't exist yet for items that didn't exist yet. <laughs> so here's something you don't know. The two steel birds he talks about, okay, <laughs> okay, is an obvious giveaway what that is. Obviously, it's the two planes that hit the Twin Towers, guys. But he said steel birds. Now, what if I told you that wasn't invented until 200 years after he published his book? 
So steel didn't exist then. <laughs> 200 years after Nostradamus died, actually, if I'm correct, I, and I can't remember every little detail. I'm sorry, Joe. I can't remember it all. But I do know <laughs> that, that 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 to me was just absolutely crazy. So like, how do you feel about this? When you look at those quatrains and know that someone saw this coming, and, and he's doing his best to describe these insane pictures that are put in his head somehow. Like, how, how do we feel to know that somebody saw all these things coming and that, God, I mean, we don't know what quatrains are, are going to happen next. Yeah, the radio, the television, the automobile, planes. I mean, all of that was way, way away uh, from his time. And, and, and it's even questionable whether the notion of such possibilities were around. I mean, you, uh, it, it, science fiction really didn't exist at that point to say, well, somebody thought of that and he was playing off that. But I like to say, uh, I don't think Quatrain 11, uh, 11, 187 was about 9-11. I think 1049 was. And it reads, the world's garden near the new city. And again, you know, he didn't know of this thing called North America and that there would be a place called New York City named Anchor York, right? Hence, New York. So he refers to New City all the time. And it's clear in uh, hindsight that it's talking about New York City. In the roadway, hollow mountains, uh, those are skyscrapers, <laughs> they will be seized and plunged into the sewers. That is exactly what happened. They fell, they collapsed directly into the base, into the sewer system on which they were built. They had to build a Surrey wall to keep back the, the water waves in order to create the foundation for those. And it further goes to says people will be forced to drink the sulfur poisoned water. Wow. Well, that's the sicknesses after 9-11 from all that pollution and that that uh that cloud. Now, like 187 to me. With the earth shaking, a fire from the center of the earth, to me, is a nuclear mushroom cloud. will shake the towers of the new city. As a result, two great rocks will fight a long war until Arethusa springs bloody the river afresh. Now, that's an important key. Hint, two great rocks, the pillars of two great continents, the pillars of two great religions, uh, there's a, two meanings there. And Arethusa, again, you have to understand how Nostradamus saw things of the future. He didn't know of the United States of America, but Arethusan has USA in it. Interesting. That to me is it's an important key. And who was Arethusa? Arethusa was the Greek goddess of the Mediterranean. That is an important clue to me. Now, you might say Iran, who we all expect, is attempting to get a bomb to create another holocaust, not just on Israel, the little Satan, as they call them, but the United States, who they call the big Satan, who they could attack with a dirty bomb, let alone they don't need ICBMs. They could put them on a cargo ship and then detonate them off the coast of Israel and New York. But Arethusa, now Iran doesn't touch the Mediterranean now. But recall back to the Persian Empire that they once were. It did touch the Mediterranean. So you've got to understand all these factors that Nostradamus was trying to put together in his warning. I think too, like it's, it's and once again to kind of give the the guy his flowers. I know it's hundreds of years too late for Nostradamus, but uh, you know, once again, when it seems like whenever something shakes the world to its foundations, like nine eleven, and and just recently the COVID nineteen, like I, I really do wonder, and I haven't talked to anybody about that who's knowledgeable about him. Uh, Mister Hogue hasn't returned my calls. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I would love to know, like, if there's anybody out there who has information about some of those quatrains that might have to do with COVID-19. I think that'd be interesting. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even thought to look into that. Right? But regarding the Wuhan hysteria that has a 99.8 survivability rate. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to diminish the potential deadliness of it because I personally know two people that died because COVID caused complications yes. with their comorbidities. They didn't die of COVID no. or from COVID. They died of complications that COVID caused their current health situation. Uh, but overall, it's a 99.8 survivability rate. I've had COVID twice myself. Three times. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, terror strikes coming soon to a city near you came out last year because I had a calling. I felt this book actually, I began writing in 2006. It came to me in a dream and I began writing it. I spent six months on it. I had a beginning. I had a middle. I had an end, but it wasn't quite right. I, I knew it wasn't right and I couldn't release it. And I thought I'd put it aside a few months, a few years. Lo and behold, 15 years later, <laughs> in 2021, the dream came back. And I, I, the epiphany hit me. I get it. Exactly. Everybody's caught up in the Wuhan hysteria fear porn. And let me say, my book is not meant to be fear porn. Again, it's not about death but of life and living, a lot of sub-themes along that regard. I don't want you to be scared. I want you to live your life, but I don't want you to live it with reckless abandon and be abandoned and be stupid. You have to have a degree of situational awareness. But Wuhan hysteria overtook the news, and some people out there think that uh, terrorism went away. It didn't. You're just not seeing it on the news. It's still <laughs> happening everywhere. Now, and, and before I forget, too, it's an international book because people think 9-11 and American wrote a book. It's got to all be about 9-11. No, it's not. Coming soon, it can happen anytime to a city near you. It can happen any place like the East Palestine train wreck, if you've seen that in the news. I predicted, and I'm not saying that is a terrorist attack, whether it be accident or terrorism, my Tulsa chapter predicted that. And my book is about international terrorism, terrorism everywhere. There is a Toronto, Ontario, Canada chapter, a London, England chapter, a Madrid, Spain chapter, a Tokyo, Japan chapter. So this is a book about terrorism everywhere and of every kind. You know, I hate to have to do this, but, you know, you've got to give the disclaimer. Because, uh, of course, people who've not read my book, who, you know, just want to personally saw Olinsky-style attack me because they don't like some of the political aspects, they call me, of course, racist, sexist homophobic, Islamophobic. That's a load of shit. This book is exactly the opposite. It's about love over hate, love over hate of all kinds. And uh, uh, I lost my train of thought of where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> we call it the passion overload, right? Oh, oh, you know, that's what it, the disclaimer, right? Yeah. <laughs> not all Muslims are terrorists. Not all terrorists are Muslim. Not all Arabs are Muslim. Not all Muslims are Arab. Yada, 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 yada. And if anybody wants to call my book Islamophobic or racist or sexist, please call Dawn Williams of The Research Show, a black female Muslim who had me on to discuss the book, and she understands exactly what I'm getting at with this book. <laughs> and it isn't about hate, it's countering hate. That's right. The more, the more we know, and, and another thing too, 
and you know, just to kind of harken back, right away, when I think terror, I think 9-11, because that's what I grew up and that's what I've seen, right? I'll never forget the day I was home, I was on my couch, I was off sick from school, and I watched the second plane hit live, and that is something that will stick with me the rest of my life. But how many terrorist attacks have taken place since 9-11? Uh, quite a few, actually. <laughs> right? So, uh, like, again, that's my that's my point. You just haven't heard about them. To kind of, I, I wrote a, I a a, 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 a uh, I'm. This is not me saying this. This is one of my reviewers saying a much needed, uh, you know, uh, warning. And uh, oh, I forget what else he said. But another person said the definitive book on the terrorism topic of our time. And that's indeed what I set out to write, because, uh, again, uh, like in my Naperville chapter, Carissa discovered she thought she was the mama bear she needed to be for her daughter, Cammy, But she realized she was more an ostrich on the subject, right? We live our lives and we're not always awake and alert to what's going on around us. And just because an ostrich wanders on the train track, Here's a noise and buries its head in the sand, head between the rails. Is not going to stop the train from bowling its butt over and killing it. <laughs> Good right? point. Good point. So don't be an ostrich. That's right. <laughs> and that's all I'm saying here. Live your life. Just don't be dumb at the same time. Be awake and alert to what's going on around you. What Joseph's getting at there is is that. There's more than one terrorist attack that's taken place in the last 30 years, folks. And not only that, do you want to know how many viruses came out last year? <laughs> and uh, no offense, but they're quite deadly. Uh, but they just yeah. don't attack us. They attack livestock. Thank God. Uh, well, I mean, again, that's the terror strikes is the main name. And there's, of course, a, a bunch of books. If you go look for terror strikes, you need to know the sub name of coming soon to a city near you. And let me reiterate again, it is coming soon because it can happen anytime to a city near you because it can happen any place. These things don't just happen in the big cities. Uh, I'm, I'm reaching for a piece of paper here. Uh, terrorism is not just 9-11 in New York. Uh, a mass shooter Brooklyn Subway, April 12, 2022. Iowa Nightclub, mass shooter, April 10, 2022. Sacramento, California, April 3, 2022. Wow. Another in Sacramento, April 3, 2022. March 19, Arkansas Car Show, Vegas Hookah Bar, Virginia Hookah Bar. And I think these out of more than 250 mass shootings alone in the United States last year. To make the point, these aren't all big cities, people. It can happen anywhere. But again, I'm not trying to sell fear porn. I don't want you to be paranoid. I want you to live your life, but I want you to be awake to even just general crime possibilities. Not only even terrorism, general crime is on the rise. You've got to be aware and protect yourself. And I see where I will clock is down to six minutes here. I know. We're running out of time. So very quickly, we got to we stick in some. Was there something to know you're very passionate about? We never had a chance to chat about it at all. And uh, which was the UFO UAP thing. So just just have a little chat about that with me. Okay, so for anybody out there, obviously yeah. UFO, unidentified flying object. UAP, what do you mean? Yeah, an unexplained aerial phenomenon. Ah, military right? jargon, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, it makes sense better than an unidentified flying object. Because it does. Most that we call a UFO is indeed really something identifiable, even though we don't identify it. Myself, when I was young, I saw a UFO. Well, it was probably a satellite, the sun reflecting off the satellite. But to me, by the very definition, it was indeed an unidentified flying object. But, you know, even in Project Blue Book days, 1% of those cases were truly left unidentified or 
Yeah, unidentified aerial phenomena. And if even 1% of all UFOs or UAPs are unexplained, uh, then, you know, there's still something going on. The, the human race is still but children. You know, we've got a long way to go. Our technology is garbage compared to potential other races uh, that may exist in the universe. And to my fellow Christians, I'm born and raised a Catholic. Please don't tell me the Bible precludes alien life. It doesn't. The Genesis does not say, and God created life on earth and only on earth life created he. It uh -huh. doesn't say that. By very definition, angels existed before the earth was created. Therefore, ex post, not ex post facto, but de facto, they are extraterrestrial beings. <laughs> so, and explain Ezekiel and Enoch and countless other, you know, things from the Bible alone. What about the Nephilim? Please explain to me the Nephilim if they aren't alien extraterrestrials that were here on Earth at the time that Adam and Eve were created. So don't tell me they can't exist because it's not biblical. It is biblical that they could exist. And we are children. God does not owe me an explanation <laughs> of everything in life. That he created life elsewhere and didn't tell me, uh, too bad. He doesn't <laughs> owe me that explanation, right? And I hope one day to be able to discuss it. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is for God, and this is for you, and this is for everybody out there. He created absolutely everything here, or created the building blocks so that they could create itself, basically. Uh, you know, why would he stop here? He's only got seven days worth of power? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so one yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And the other thing is, too, Werner von Braun, the ex-Nazi that we brought here with others under Operation Paperclip post-World War II to help create our space program, uh, our missile and space program, said that eventually the military would use UFOs as a false flag. They, they knew the alien craft were, existed then. Uh, and by now, we've reverse-engineered some, and some of these craft flying around are probably unmanned drone uh, phenomena of our own making. But again, now whether the rest of those that are truly unexplained are actually extraterrestrial, interdimensional, which I think is very much probably an easier possibility. It would take a lot of energy, but it, bending time and space, I think, would be easier than traveling billions of light years somehow and, you know, needing the food. But, you know, that there's the whole wormhole thing there. And then I invented the term intertiminal for time travel. Oh, nice. I think intertiminal. Yeah, inter I love that. We, yeah, we say interdimensional. So intertiminal makes nice. sense to me. So I coined that phrase. Like I coined Deja uh, for Islamic fundamentalist terrorists because we called the National Socialist Deutschland Arbiter Party Nazis. So Deja stands for Global Islamic Jihadist Interim Army. Deja flows off the tongue easier. You could go to terrorstrikes.info slash Deja and, and learn more about that because we're running out of time. We are out of time. Guys, Joseph Leonard yeah. has been our guest tonight. Thank you so much, Joe, for coming on. Guys, he's the author of Terror Strikes. He's a best-selling author, by the way. Terror Strikes. Check it out. How to write a book and get it published. Guys, all these links will be down in the show notes for Joe. And you know what? I feel like me and you got more to talk about. I feel like you should come back sometime and hang out with me because I oh, love. Yeah. I, 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 I've got stories about orbs. I've got stories. Yeah. About, like I said, I'm on the wicked campfire. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're doing a whole four week series on each of those. And like I was going to say about the aliens, interdimensionals, and intertimals, if they were a threat to us, we'd have long known it by now. They're not a threat to us. Nah, not at all. In fact, uh, seven years of field research as an EVP researcher, getting multiple, just trying my best to get repeatable data. That's all I did for seven years, and not once did I ever have anything negative. 
Not once. It was always positive or completely oblivious to my existence. It was always talking about something that was going on. (laughs) So there you go. Not to say that there aren't some negative things. Oh, they're out there, but, but I, I think... But anyway, yeah, we, we're we about to get shut down. That's so. okay. <laughs> Joe, thanks so much for coming on. Take care, buddy. Thank you for having me, Johnny. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Bye now. Bye-bye. Well, the time to say goodbye is upon us. But don't worry, you can keep track of the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast very easily. It's available on Stitcher, iTunes, Podbean, and TuneIn Radio. Just look for the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast banner. Of course, if you'd like to keep up to date, you can always check out the Odd the Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast Facebook page, drop a like, and every single time a new show goes up, you'll be notified. You can also follow me, John Mallard, on Twitter, at O-D-D-T-O-N-F-L-D. That's odd to Newfoundland. Get your latest news on the podcast as well as the ever-popular para-joke of the day. From the oldest city in North America, I bid you adieu. From the Odd to Newfoundland Paranormal Podcast.